Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, it's been a few weeks, man. How you doing? Hanging in there, bro. Hanging in there. How you How you doing in uh, over there in Cali with all the fires and heat and all that? Surviving, yeah, surviving the fires. Definitely been hot. Uh, they had a road closure by us due to a fire uh, over the weekend, but didn't get close enough to to cause me any damage. But um, yeah, just been been a hectic, hot summer. Uh, busy at work and stuff, and um, you know, and MMA's definitely picked up last few weeks. I think the last time we talked was uh, a couple days prior to uh, UFC two twenty six, and uh, yeah. I, you know, Cormier made history that night, becoming a uh, two-division champion. Right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. So much has gone on that my mind's been, uh, obviously, I'm a little fried. Um, but, yeah, that happened. I, I was at the PFL event in D.C. the Thursday before that. So that was actually a pretty big weekend. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was. Uh, I, I forgot how we called it, but I was happy Daniel Cormier won, man. I mean, definitely does long, long overdue some recognition for that man. Yeah, I think we were both rooting for Daniel. Um, I think we kind of both thought that uh, Miosic might be a little too tough, but um, he obviously proved us wrong. I was surprised when Cormier came in as big as he was. Uh, being at the weigh-ins when he came out, I I didn't think that uh, – I didn't think he'd have the gas tank, but as it turned out, he really didn't need the gas tank uh, after he knocked him out in the first round. No, yeah, and if you watch uh, – actually, the best breakdown of that fight, uh, Dominic Cruz did. I, I don't remember where – he did it. It might have been on the M- the the MMA hour with uh, what's his face, uh, Luke Thomas, but I forget where I heard it. Uh, but Dominic Cruz did the best breakdown of that. And if you rewatch it, you'll notice like um, Daniel Cormier almost looks like he's coming at Miocic like a zombie, and uh, he was doing that on purpose to force the underhook and let his arm go limp so that he could catch him with the shot that he caught him with. And um, if you saw a post-fight interview, too, he actually said that was something that he saw having sat and watched so many of his fights as a commentator. That was something that uh, that he saw as a as an issue with his with his game. So, I mean, you know, these commentators that do uh, that are f- active fighters, too, man, they're getting some they're getting some uh, cheat sheets put together under the table. Yeah, well, if we can now if we can just get them to be referees and judges, the <laughs> actually have a chance. Um but we're yeah, getting there. I think we're getting there. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, the refereeing. I think is improving. Um, even though we had a little bit of controversy this past weekend with the uh, Eddie Alvarez and uh, Dustin Poirier fight, but um, you know, there's always controversy. Yeah, I know. We talked on the phone about that, you and me. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, heat of the moment in the fight. I mean, corners, fighters, everybody. You know, it's when you think about the time that passes. When you hear about everything that happened, I mean, it's kind of hard to fault anybody, really. I mean, shit happens, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things. I think I expressed to you my main issue was just kind of the the uh, the lack of consistency when enforcing rules. You know, we see rules broken all the time. We see guys grab the cage all the time. We see guys poke eyes. We see guys low blow. You know, we see guys elbow, hit back of the head, and you know, only one out of every 25 or 30 of those does. Well, I mean, they get broken up for low blows and eye gouges quite a bit, but you know, you don't see fights stood up very often for shots to the back of the head, stuff like that. So, yeah. You it's know, not, 
it's not like uh you know Bruce Moore Paul Harris level stuff happening you know what i mean <laughs> no it's not brutally blatant i mean the elbow from from alvarez wasn't a smart wasn't smart of him to throw it um you know i guess technically it's illegal i you know i could argue it was probably at a 11:59 to you know 5, <laughs> 5:29 elbow yeah. but um the 12 to 6 is an illegal shot in mma so you know i think he knew it was a mistake afterwards obviously he he owned up to it and he didn't make any excuses you know, that's yeah. one thing, that's one of the great things about eddie is he uh He's just a warrior. He knows what it's all about. And he goes in there and, you know, win and lose. He, uh, he's, there's no excuses to be made. So yeah. And, um, uh, Mark Henry was trying to take some blame for it during a uh, Helwani show on Monday. Cause he was, he was saying that he was, he was telling him to do this, which cause it has to be an arcing elbow. Uh-huh. So uh, for folks that are listening and not watching the video portion, I'm motioning like a circular elbow. But, uh, you know, when he looked over at him quickly, he just saw him touch his elbow. So Alvarez, you know, in the in the short amount of time that he's trying to listen to his corner, he did a twelve to six. But like like I said, it's like one of those heat of the moment things. I mean, adrenaline's going. I honestly don't think the position would have changed much. You know what I mean? Like I was gonna change anything for him because they got stood back up anyway. I think that the finish would have come in the in the following round if it didn't come the way that it came. That's my opinion, though. Yeah, I mean, I think Poirier's. Uh probably the more up and coming younger fighter. He's kind of the, you know, Eddie Alvarez of, of five years ago. So, you know, you can only go through so many wars before it catches up with you and you run into the next guy who, who comes in and is ready to go to war with you, you know, and, and yeah, there's a step up on you. So, you know, it was a great fight, you know, I, for the, for the round and whatever last round and a half, it was, uh, it was definitely entertaining. I don't remember if I said this when we were talking about it on the phone, but um, do you remember or do you think, because this is something I thought about at, uh, after watching that fight, do you think maybe the uh, the damage that Alvarez has taken because of his style of fighting, like over, you know, the span of the time he's been fighting since he fought in the underground stuff around here and, and the, the um, you think the damage is finally catching up to him because of his age and stuff? I don't know if the damage is catching up as opposed to his style and the and the evolution of other fighters. Um, you know, ever, ever since he's been in the sport, he's taken shots, you know, whether it was against Kawajiri or, you know, every, you know, Cowboy or, or Poirier, the first fight or Gagey, he takes shots in all of his fights throughout his whole career. Uh, Michael Chandler, you know, and now I think when you, when you fight somebody who's at your level or, or possibly you could argue even a, a step higher at this point, um, you just don't survive it like you used to. Yeah, man. So, yeah, man. You know, I, I still think that he's you know a top you know top five lightweight in the world. I think he's Absolutely. still a lot of people. Um, you know, he seems a little small compared to Poirier. You know, so I I, don't, I know Eddie. There's no way he's going down to 145, but uh, and at this point of his career, I don't think he even should. But no, you know, I just think you know he gets to the point now where he should get a couple good matchups that match up good for him and and let him put on some shows for the crowd and. You know, and if you put strings together two or three wins in a row, then he gets back in the mix, and you know, and at that point, you after we weed out through uh, Connor and and uh, Ferguson and Poirier and and Khabib, maybe he uh, he gets one of those guys coming off a loss or two, and and a chance to uh, you know get another huge fight again. Yeah. So um, this weekend, I know, I know, as we're recording this, there's a PFL going on right now, and we'll probably both catch that after we're done. But uh, this weekend, uh, UFC 227, 
I know you and I had talked. Uh, we do. We usually talk uh, predictions. So, so uh, I didn't know if you had looked at the entire card. I only looked at the main card because that's probably all I'm going to get to see. Um, so I don't yeah, know what you think, man. You know, I. Uh, it's not the greatest card in the world. I've, you know, it's uh, it had some fights fall through when Vulcan and um, and Gus got pulled. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that, that was a big shot from it. Um, I mean, that was one of the fights I was looking forward to. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That was like the best one to to bet on too. And um, one of my training partners, because he knows I cover the sport, so he always texts me when he's because uh, you know the whole the whole country can place bets now on sport. So like J- Jersey was one of the ones that couldn't for the longest, and uh, so now you can if you go to like an off track betting place or whatever. So he texted me from there, and he was like. You know who do you like? And that was that was one of the fights to bet. Uh, uh, Vulcan was actually the one that you could have made the most money off of, and it was that weekend before that that news came out that he was off the card. So he literally like placed his bet two days later. The fight got canceled. Yeah, they just announced today he's uh, headlining an event in Canada against Anthony Smith. So that'll that'll definitely make an interesting event uh, fight on the. Uh, I think it was October twenty seventh. Yeah, I hope so. his nose and everything is straightened out by then. Did you see that picture he posted online? It's like on the no. side of his face. Is that why he got pulled? He had a broken mm. nose? Yeah. I didn't actually know the details. I know Gus kind of pulled out after all the switches with something that he hasn't said. I don't think what it was. So I don't know. I It was disappointing to have that fight fall off the card. You know, it's a, the up until when that fight initially got pulled, the, now the, the, the biggest fight was 145 pounds. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a WEC style card. Um, yeah, and, and then uh, Bet Bet Correa and uh, Irene Aldana got pulled like two days ago. That so. was probably the number two fight that I was actually looking forward to on the card. Yeah, um, me, you and me both. You know, I'm a I'm a fan of uh, Aldana. I watched her fight in uh, live a few times in uh, in Invicta, um, and met her, and she's a really cool person. So I was really pulling for her and. Um, you know, Kohei is kind of fun to watch too, in a, in a <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of a circus act kind of way. But um, you know, uh, that leaves you know the the main event and the co-main event really kind of carrying the card. I know they added Tiago Santos um, against Kevin Holland, a guy who uh, was on Dana White's uh, uh, contender series. Um, they added that last minute to to kind of help add a, a name value to the event. Uh, yeah. with Santos and I was like, you know, gave me a middleweight fight. So is know, Santos was, the favorite in that? I, I that's uh, the only that's the only one I don't have any notes on. I think he's a huge favorite. I I, I can't imagine I, that he wouldn't be at least a three or four to one favorite in that fight. Yeah, you know, I I I know I saw Holland's fight on in on the show uh, the Contender series, but I don't know a lot about a lot about him in general. So the uh, first fight is Cubs Swanson versus uh, Hanata Moik. Moicano, I'm laughing because uh, I'm laughing because um, I don't know if you saw. Uh, there's a there was an ad for uh, UFC Unfiltered and uh, um, Phoenix Carnival and Matt Sarah were on the little video and he asked her to say his name and she said it but she made it sound like Hukuna and Batata. <laughs> <laughs> so I retweeted if you haven't checked it out. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, Cubs coming off back-to-back losses, but they're to uh, Ortega and, and Frankie Edgar. Uh, Moicano's only loss is to uh, is to Ortega at UFC 214. So um, I know uh, Moicano's, I think he's a pretty big favorite on, going into that fight. Um, See, that's one of the fights where I can't pick. I can't, I, I can't pick against Cub because 
it seems like every time you pick against Cub Swanson, he, that's when he like decimates the guy, you know? No, that that's that's true. I think he's a the underdog. The fact that he's as big of an underdog as he is is, is pretty uh, pretty wrong. And if I was in Vegas, I'd probably uh, throw a few bucks on him uh, in that fight. Um, you know, it's one of those things. You got the young up and comer against kind of the the veteran who's been around for a while and fought a who's who of the sport. So, you know it's it's probably hard to you can't really pick against Swanson but it's also hard to pick him to win that fight. Yeah, I actually actually it's not hard for me. I I uh I have him picked to win on uh I, when I wrote my notes on them. I mean, I, I like him for that reason though cuz uh most guys with the exception of Brian Ortega, the guys that that they thought he was going to lose to, he wound up winning winning uh well against. And uh I know for him, I know he's he talked about it recently. I mean, He's obviously making better money. That's why he renewed with the UFC. But uh, you know, obviously, he seems like the type of guy that would want to make uh, earn his earn his keep, so to say, like perform to what he's getting paid. So, oh, he's going to show up to fight. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of of where he's at in his career, really, at this point. Um, you know, three losses in a row is obviously not a good thing. Although, you know, against top competition it's it's also not the worst thing in the world it just um i'm not sure exactly he just signed a new contract prior to his fight with frankie i'm not sure how many fights and stuff he has on it but um yeah i mean i'm pulling for him he's a local southern california guy you can even see that with his tattoo on his chest so um i've been watching him fight since king of the cage it's been been a long time watching him around here so be pulling for him and then um after that it looks like we got uh pollyanna viana versus jj aldrich um aldrich was on the uh ultimate fighter show um kind of a card that came up from the undercard with all the uh with all the changes um, yeah that's another one that I don't, I don't have any notes on uh so it's hard for me to pick it's aldrich is on a, aldrich is on a two fight winning streak her last win was against daniela taylor who's also on the prelim um she's won five of her last six so she's definitely uh the up and comer Viana's uh, ten and one, mm. um, with her only uh, she's only fought she only has one fight in the UFC. She won her last fight, so she's uh, you know that's a hard one to pick again. Uh, not a whole lot of information if you haven't watched a lot of women's MMA over the time, but uh, yeah, you know Aldridge is more of a stand up fighter. I think Viana's more of a ground fighter, so I'll probably take Viana in that one because you know how strikers versus grapplers usually go. Yeah, unless the striker's like super world class, like somebody that that you know, like some K one level glory type of striker. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, we saw what happened to Go Kansaki, uh, also at UFC two twenty six. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I, I forgot uh, 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 I forgot what I wanted to say about that. He lost to Roundtree, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then it, uh, there's I think there is something to be said though about somebody coming in with a prominent like if you look at. You look at Aaron Pico's debut at Belt, or you were there for that in, here in New York. Like everybody was like all about his wrestling, and he's obviously he's still a really great wrestler. I saw his, his last wrestling match, I and mean, he's all, and he lost it, but it was kind of a, a fluke that he, in my opinion, that he lost um, when he was trying to get in the the do the Olympic uh, the trials. But anyway, um, knowing that, I think when a fighter comes in with a very well known. Uh, uh, game as far as like where, where their initial discipline is, the, it it can make them overconfident. And they actually will wind up losing. That that happened to him. 
And it looks like, I mean, Saki almost got knocked out in this fight against that, uh, what's the dude that, that looks like a big ass, uh, Bruno Mars. I forgot his name that, that he, oh, looks, that he, oh. <laughs> did he fight Okami? No, no, no. It was, um, the hell's that? They let, they just released him not that long ago. It's like, it's cause that was his first fight. And, and this was, I think was his second fight with the UFC, uh, Saki. So yeah, I can't remember. He fought a night. I was at a Bellator event actually that night yeah so so. I, I, I missed some of that card that that evening but yeah you know saki will come back he's a striker but you know yeah you MMA, smaller gloves and round trees no joke yeah but the point I, the point i'm making is like when they come in i think there's a, a an overconfidence in their own ability like they're bringing i'm the top guy in this and no one here can really match me there so i'm, I'm always going to win that way <clears throat> and I, I think that's what happens so it helps when they change so like if you look at Aaron, again with aaron pico he lost that first fight trying to impose his wrestling because and everyone's expecting it. So there's holes in that. If you know what to expect, you can find a hole. And I think the same thing happened with Saki because now Pico obviously uses boxing because nobody really knew about his boxing. Now everybody knows, and now he's freaking putting P- dudes' guts in their in their backs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So he, he fought Henrique da Silva. That's it. Yeah. He looks like a mutated Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that you got the, uh, then you, you know, as we look up to the 227 card, uh, I think Tiago Santos is a pretty clear favorite over Kevin Holland. Yeah. Um, and then that brings us to the co-main event of Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejedo. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of people are, are like, and I'm one of them. I'm, I mean, I'm obviously still picking DJ Mighty Mouse in this one. And uh, um, but like I'm not completely counting out Cejudo either, just because of, of uh, the you know where he comes from with his. We just talked about where the, uh, strong wrestlers, the competitive background that he has. I think that um, he most likely trained harder and is prepared harder for this fight against DJ. Uh, hopefully, we don't lose any more fights between now and then. But you know what I mean. Like uh, I, I honestly think it. it I don't think it's going to be as quick a finish. I think it might be a little tougher, but I still think Mighty Mouse will come out with the win on this one. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you can't really pick against Mighty Mouse. He seems like <laughs> he's just on such a higher level than everybody in the in the one twenty five pound weight class. But um, you know, I'd love to see Sehuda win. You know, I, I I'm going to the event and I tell people, you know, especially when the fight card's not not something that I'm necessarily uh, losing sleep over. That uh, you know, I like to see history. So for me, history would be him losing. It was the same way when I watched Anderson Silva lose to Chris Weidman, you know, uh, Bisbing. I mean, I'm not a Bisbing fan, but I was rooting yeah. for him this night. You know, when it's a fight that I'm not completely invested in, I usually like to root for the history uh, of chance to see something that's never really happened before. And um, Yeah, and that's one thing. Like when we were talking about uh, with Daniel Cormier and Stipe, like, you know, like I know they said that the numbers weren't good for that pay-per-view, and that was like that was probably one of the most awesome things to happen in a, at a you know a UFC pay per view and at least in the recent pay per views you know so oh that was the the event overall was great I mean if that fight if that it would have had the Max Ortega match that would have just been you know off the chain as far as as UFC events so, I mean that was a great from start to finish there really wasn't you know take away the the Nagano Lewis fight which nobody saw that coming um, you know arguably the worst fight in UFC history or. <laughs> You know, an abomination. Yeah, know like, I call it an abomination at the at the press conference. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, exactly. But but seeing Cormier make history—that I mean, that was just 
that's wild. You know, I was there when he won that and I was at the, when McGregor beat uh, Alvarez. So to be a part of both of those, you know, twice in a lifetime event so far, I guess you'd say is, uh, it's been pretty freaking cool. So, you know, so, I, you know, that's where I go with Cejudo, you know, plus he's an Olympic gold medalist. It'd be cool to have an Olympic gold medalist win a UFC championship. It'd be another thing that's never happened. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, uh, I think he's going to do better. But uh, you know what the other thing, too, like before, before we get to the main event, the other thing about like everyone's talking about how this card is underwhelming and it's not going, but those are always the ones that, that amazing stuff happens at, you know? Like like usually the ones that people are, are kind of brushing off and then you the next week you're talking about, like I think that happened with his last fight, like uh, the last time when he did the suplex armbar move, the, what do they call that, the mousetrap now? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it turned into one of the things that people were like, damn, I wish I saw that. And they caught the highlight like after the fact. So I have a feeling that like this card is going to be one of those cards. I, I think it's going to be one of those ones that people are going to watch like, you know, the replays and maybe watch it after the fact. Maybe not get all the pay-per-view numbers that they want to get for the buys, but I think it's going to I think it's going to be one of those cards. I hope so. You know, my fear when you have smaller guys is you could have potentially a lot of decisions. You know, yeah. sitting there for twelve decisions, it could be a long night. But uh, <laughs> tell me about it. I've, you know, I've, I've been there. That, that's UFC two hundred eight right there. There you go. You know, so <laughs> it, it can happen. Hopefully, it doesn't. Um, you know, so that's up to the co-main. And then, you know, for me, the main event. I'm TJ Dillashaw. Um, is one of my probably favorite current. Well, he is one of my favorite current fighters. Um, so I'm definitely a big fan of his. Um, and he's fighting Cody Garbrandt in a rematch. Uh, from their fight last uh, November. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where TJ knocked him out in a back and forth kind of rock him sock him. Yeah, fight. yeah, the, yeah. I, uh, the thing about that fight, what, I think, what makes that this fight so hard to call. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'm also picking uh, TJ Dillashaw to win. But the thing about like, okay, when you look at their history and of where they train in the whole alpha male thing, the thing that makes both these guys unique. Uh, obviously, uh, Dillashaw is away from Team Alpha Male and all that, and he's he's uh over with uh ludwig and everything but the thing that makes them unique is that they're they're not cut from the same uh team alpha male cloth you know what i mean like all all most of them are wrestlers base or have a wrestling base so they do the takedown mount to guillotine like that's usually their 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 finishing combo most of the guys you look at all those guys um they, they they're like copies of uriah faber but the thing that makes both Dillashaw and Garbrandt unique, to me anyway, obviously Dillashaw opened, left his mind an open book and takes instruction well, and he, and he was able to adapt and evolve under the training of Dwayne Ludwig. And, and uh, Cody Garbrandt, even though he's a great wrestler, he didn't come in uh, just with that like a lot of those guys did. He came in with, uh, he's got a really strong boxing background. I, I think I wrote down his record. He's 32-0 and 0 as an amateur boxer. Really? Uh, yeah. So that that's why, like, if you watch his fight with Dominic Cruz, that's why he was able to to uh, find answers to hit those odd angles Cruz tries to come at guys with, you know, because he he's used to them already. So that's why that's what makes Garbrandt a unique fighter, and he's not really another alpha male team member clone. He's unique. He's unique in his own way, without leaving the team and and you know. Leaving the leaving the squad or whatever happened with that beef, so that's what makes the fight so hard to call. And I think that's why the last time they fought, like you said, they both had the uh, the back and forth. They damn near dropped each other, and T.J. Dillashaw just got the final, you know, 
harder blow that that finished the fight. So it's going to be. I think that's going to be another exciting, just as exciting as the first one. I'm pretty sure a finish is going to come, but I wouldn't completely write off Garbrandt. You know what I mean? Like he is the, he is a younger man, but I think TJ Dillashaw is just a. As far as in the cage, he's just a smarter guy to adapt to an opponent as the fight goes on. Yeah, I think he's just the better overall fighter. I think he's a little more technical, and um, you know, I think that'll probably be the difference. You know, I I don't know. I they since they both hit each other so hard in the first fight and <laughs> dropped each other. I'm, the only thing that concerns me is a possible little bit of uh, hesitation on each other's. Uh, on each other when they, you know, in the fight. So I, I don't know if I see it. I, I think a, a decision happens probably in this fight. I think, uh, I think TJ probably takes him about four rounds to one or so. Um, I think Cody will come out early. He, if anything, he might show some aggression early, but um, I, I think TJ will probably weather the storm again. And, and I, I think his movement and his, uh, you know, it, it, but then I say that, and then, you know, you forget how Cody looked against, uh, against Cruz mm-hmm. you know, in that fight. He used great movement and, and, you know, if he comes out fighting like that, then I, I it could be a great technical battle. Really, it could go yeah. from a brawl to a technical battle. And that's and so that's pretty much what happened the first time. Because I mean, if you look at like like uh, with the way the way Dillashaw comes from w- with the instruction he gets from Ludwig, who who's a who's a striker in his own right, that that that's passing on that knowledge to a, to somebody that wants to learn it, like Dillashaw. And then you have somebody that already kind of had the high level striking knowledge. In Garbrandt, that's able to add, you know, counter counter those angles the way he did with Dominic Cruz. Um, it's definitely going to be like a like a high output. Whoever can land the most, you know, and 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 most powerful and drop a guy. So I mean, that right there, that's going to be the fight that's going to you know have you on the edge of your seat when you're there on Saturday. You know, I'm definitely going to be able to catch the main card. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm going to miss the prelims. For sure, I, I really want to watch. Uh, there's one on the fight pass prelims. Uh, Jose Torres is going to do his have his second fight against Alex Perez, and uh, I know he's saying that's going to be his real U- uh, UFC debut because the other one was kind of like a fluke with the, you know, with the slam and the guy knocking himself out. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one too. I'll probably again I'll I'll catch that like Sunday morning or whatever. But the main card, man, this is. Uh, I'm glad you're going to be there. This is definitely one that I I feel like. Especially the main event, I feel like that's going to be uh, that's going to be a hot topic all next week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a UFC event. You know, I love it. It's in uh, it's in LA, so it's only about an hour and a half for me. So it's nice to uh, change from having to get on a plane or, or drive out to Vegas. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I pick. You know, I might head out to the press conference tomorrow. I, I managed to scoop up a couple tickets uh, before they sold out. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I actually got some pretty decent ones. So I'm gonna see how work goes in the morning. If I can, uh, if I can free up, I'm gonna try to try to shoot down there. It's just it's about a five hour round trip for for what you know for a weigh in and a press conference. But I think it's gonna be cool. I think they're gonna. I think there's some heavy fights to get announced tomorrow. At least I hope there is. Yeah, I mean, I I heard a couple of things I'm not allowed to talk about, but I I, I have a, a an idea of what what's what's gonna be announced tomorrow. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I think we're gonna get Connor and Khabib. Um, I don't. I'm assuming that that'll be in Vegas uh, for 229, and uh, I don't know if we'll get a main event for uh, for 230 in New York. Um, 
I'm all booked up for that one. It falls on my 40th birthday, so I'm pretty uh, pretty psyched for that event, especially with all the middleweight bouts that have been. I'm I'm psyched because you're coming here. That's what I'm psyched for. Yeah, well, right now I'll <laughs> tell you what they've announced. Uh, well, they haven't. Nothing's really official, but Weidman, Rockholt, uh, Adesanya, and uh, and Brunson, Romero, and Costa, and uh, mm-hmm. Jacare and Branch. Uh, that's basically four of the top uh, or eight of the top ten middleweights in the world. Um, all on the same card. So if that holds uh, as a main card, that would be great. Um, and in my perfect world, honestly, tomorrow, uh, Mighty Mouse and uh, and TJ both win, and Mighty Mouse goes into the cage and calls him out for for the New York main event. Um, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, it looks like the the two division thing or whatever is is uh, the UFC's new, uh, you know. That's their new gimmick to try to get people to to buy pay per views. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the next one. Well, that's I've I've always you know I lo- I love when fighters jump out of weight classes. I don't mind you know I don't want to hold the division up with with too much, but in in this case that I think it would be a, a fine scenario to have uh, Mighty Mouse leave the one twenty five. Well, whether he stays at one twenty five and Dillashaw goes down, personally I think he should go up to one thirty five, try to get a second belt. Um, if he manages to win this weekend and, and really build his resume. Um, you know, he talks about money, he talks about uh, kind of promotion and, and eyes on his fights. Um, if he were to, you know, at a pay-per-view, go into the fight, call out the main event winner and, uh, and go headline an event at Madison square garden. Um, there's not really much else he could do um, on his end at that point. Um, especially with the rumored card, like I was mentioning, uh, you put together that kind of middleweight card uh, with with a TJ versus a Mighty Mouse main event, and I I gotta believe you're you're looking in the you know over five hundred thousand pay per view buys at that point. Yeah, you know, and, you know if the sport is you know unless the sport's just dying, but you know that would be a huge event. You you, you know with names like Rockhold and Weidman and uh, Romero and all the other ones I mentioned. So we'll see yeah. what happens tomorrow at the press conference. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I mean, I, I'm I'm probably going to catch it later. So if hopefully you get you make it there, and you can tweet some stuff about it, so I can ca- catch it from where I'm at. But uh, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm going to watch it later. I have I do have the weigh-ins, the ceremonial weigh-ins scheduled on the Blogboard Jungle to air. Have, have you seen what time those are supposed to start? Uh, I have it scheduled. If you look on, if you look, uh, I think uh, so for you. I think it's going to be three o'clock three okay yeah that makes it a lot better i was worried it was before because at the press conference i imagine it'll last an hour max yeah i didn't want to end up with two hours of dead time if i end up down well you know nothing in mma starts on time anyway when it comes to press conference weigh-ins they're always at least 15 20 minutes late yeah that's true i don't mind it as long as it flows once it starts yeah i hate hate having an hour and a half wait so we'll see what happens there um uh, in other news for another promotion uh one thing that broke uh, since we've been on last was that uh, Bellator announced their Walter White Grand Prix. Um, and they also came out with the DAZN network uh, streaming service announced that their price point is going to be nine ninety nine. Um, yeah. I, I wrote about that on front proof media, the stream of the press conferences on that article too. So I know we, we'd previously talked about, you know, what would it be if that was $20 or $5 or whatever? I think $10 is, is, is fine. Um, I think fans of Bellator will be able to swallow that um, as long yeah. as they put, you know, as long, but you know, if it has events like they're, they got coming up, I mean, if you want to watch Fedor fight, 
you you might have to come up with ten dollars if you want to watch Musashi fight. You're gonna have to come up with ten dollars. Yeah, you and know? and there's no commitment. It's cancel any time. And the other thing about it too is um, the only thing might so I mean, and they're obviously if you're if you're into boxing too, there's gonna they have all, all the matchroom boxing uh, fighters signed will sign with them to to uh, perform or fight exclusively on the zone. I keep I keep wanting to say Dazen because it's hard for me to say the zone, but. Because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, I don't know if anybody saw the interviews on the Blogboard Jungle YouTube channel. I spoke with James Rushton. He's the when they first announced this whole thing about about what their plans are. So I it it it, it has a good chance to be the um, the fight pass for Bellator because they're they if you if you think about how fight pass started, it, it only had like WEC UFC Strike Force Pride events. And then they added all this stuff. That's actually what what made me buy, sign up for a fight pass was uh, when they finally added Pancrase. I was like, I, I just got to do it. Yeah. And now now it's one of the things I need to have. But just uh, I mean to be devil's advocate, like you said, ninety nine nine ninety nine is affordable and we can do it. But the thing is, so now now you have we 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 have. I, I mean, you pay a year in advance, obviously, for fight pass or whatever if you do the whole year. But now it's another ten bucks a month for for the zone if if i want to get everything which i do and then it's uh you know plus my goddamn netflix you know what i mean so yeah like, no i i mean i hear you believe me i i've got every bs streaming service going right now and you know i, I you just got to pick and choose and and you know i'm a supporter of bellator from day one so you know it's one of those things where i'll i'll, I'll keep supporting them and they, you know they have a bunch of fighters that i'm i'm heavily invested in so it it's not a, that's not a, a killer for me. Twenty dollars a month would have been a different story. At that point, I would have pick and choose which events I might, you know, want to watch or, or be willing to pay that for. Um, but for ten dollars, it's like you said. It, hopefully, they 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 use some. They're not common sense, but hopefully, they're able to uh, to get some other organizations. You know, I know K1 in Japan with the lighter weights has been yeah. really fighting the last couple of years, and it's hard for us in the United States to watch. Um, you know, I know they have a deal with uh, Shamrock FC, and I know they're on Flow Combat right now, but um, I don't know how that contract yeah. works. But <laughs> perhaps, perhaps having their uh, their kind of farm system uh, on on the network wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. Yeah, um, you know, and and there's a bunch of organizations. Uh, Ring of was it Ring of Fire? Ring of Combat? <laughs> Ring of Combat? Yeah. Hey, there, there was an event called Ring of Fire too. No, there is. I think it's a pro wrestling <laughs> thing. That's why I laughed. That's why I started laughing. But um, uh, or Ring of Honor is the, the wrestling thing. Um, yeah, but anyway, the uh, which I which I kind of wish that wasn't in a main name for some reason. But anyway, uh, there there was one. <laughs> I I think Pete Spratt headlined an event. I think I have a DVD hidden somewhere. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh. You know what? Uh, just to go to go back to uh, like what you just talked about with the regional things. That's one of the things. If if anybody hasn't watched it, go. Um, it's on this YouTube channel from about a month ago when they first announced the, the the zone deal. I was at the press conference. It was at Viacom headquarters, so I got a nice interview with with James Rush, and he's the CEO of the zone. And one of the things I asked him was, "Are you planning on expanding what you're offering?" as far as regional MMA submission only grappling, are you looking to get into that? And his answer was, cause they do a lot of, if you look, they launch when they, when they announced that price point, the, uh, the zone U S social media outlets all launched too. So it's like the zone underscore us on Twitter. So 
they he said they do a lot of social listening, which means if they see enough interest, they'll they'll start looking. I mean, I'm sure they'll send somebody out to buy the you know to do contracts with the regionals because there's not every regionals with low combat. You know, some of them are there's 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 a good number of them with the UFC, but a lot of them are overseas too. And the zone is big in Europe, so I mean, they could if if they see there's an interest, if we show them as fight fans. If we show them an interest, they would likely pursue it, and we and our nine ninety nine a month will buy us more. You know what I mean? And I kind of see that happening because that's exactly what happened with Fight Pass. I I didn't want to sign up for it because I'm actually looking at the box full of my Pride DVDs sitting right over there. You know, I have every event except the one that I loaned out to this judo guy that never gave it back to me because it's the Yoshida uh, Hoist Gracie <laughs> match fight. I lent it to him to watch, and I haven't seen it ever since. So, but anyway, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think over time, if you don't jump into zone now, I think you'll be jumping in it like, you know, a year from now. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, anything that keeps Bellator going um, for me at this point is, is a positive. So if, if, it, if financially it's working out for them, um, even if the amount of viewers is not the exact number that they're getting on the Paramount Network, um, then, you know, good for them. I, you know, it's always nice to have more eyes, but at this point it's all about money and, and being able to keep fighters there and pay them. And, uh, you know, I, the cards they got coming up, uh, you know, we finally got dates for the heavyweight grand prix. I know we've brought that up several times, uh, October 12th, we got Mitrione and Bader. And then the following night, October 13th, we get Fedor and, uh, Sonnen. So that coming yeah. off the heels of the September 29th, uh, uh, McDonald, Musashi, and and start of the Walter White Grand Prix, closing uh, out the year strong. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's going to be a big, big two week period for Bellator right there, and and DAZN, uh, uh streaming. So, you know, obviously fans they they're offering uh, the stream. The DAZN is offering the the first month or thirty days free. So common sense would say order on uh, you know right before the event on September 29th and that'll carry you through and you'll get that event and you'll get the next two Bellator events um whether they're on Paramount or on the streaming service there you uh, go that's a later. fight hack fight hack from Matt Hawkins yeah I mean, we, can, <laughs> we, we can talk about getting other credit cards <laughs> addresses too uh, yeah. but uh but we won't go there right now uh Ed it was good talking to you it's been a few weeks um hopefully next week we're back onto our normal schedule um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I just so folks know, I mean, there's stuff going on. I mean, I'm not not to get too into detail, but some stuff going on, messing with the schedule. But we'll try to keep up the weekly. Uh, you know, coming at you a little late, but we'll we'll keep up weekly, whether it be predictions. We'll try to get back to our regular interview schedule soon. But in the meantime, make sure you subscribe. We're on it. We're on everything now: Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public overcast uh, all of them and that's coast to coast combat hour uh at combat hour on twitter uh myself mma hawk 21 on twitter and instagram and you can follow ed at carbazal on twitter well ed uh hopefully we'll talk next week definitely talk to you over this weekend about the fights and uh see uh if we got some new champions next week when we talk yeah, man, and you have a good time while you're out there, too. Make sure you uh, take some good pictures. I'll definitely do that if I make <laughs> it out there. I'll All definitely right, have man. good fight photos. All right, man. All right, take it easy, man.